You're listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. I'm Jesse D. You are listening to Chirp Radio, and I am here with Emily Jane Powers. How's it going today, Emily? Good. Great Good. day so far. Glad to hear it. So you mentioned before we kind of got started here that there was a train going by your apartment. And track one on Isometry, your most recent album, is an instrumental that starts with cicadas and a train going through. It's very Chicago-esque. Why did you choose this as the opener? The first track is an instrumental. There's three instrumentals that are on the album. The track listing sort of started with that song in particular to sort of set up the album as being something that was compiled in a particular way. So the train is actually from New York, oddly enough. The cicadas are from Michigan. Um, There's actually a track of my guitarist and I practicing uh, Blue, Black, Gray, White, coming up with the solo that's on that. So I started with that song because it sort of sets everything up for the album in a way that signifies that it's sort of a collaborative effort. There's a lot of different voices on it, even though I'm the only one actually singing on it. Um, so it sets up there's something a little bit different that it's guitar focused. And I sort of wanted to showcase both in the beginning and the end sort of these soundscape things that I was creating. I wanted to start it in a really chaotic way. And the album sort of ends in a chaotic way you know, as well. I read that Isometry was inspired by an idea to write an album that centered more around the guitar And that's very much present in the sprinkling of instrumentals throughout the album that you mentioned. And um, what inspired that? And how did that feel to use that as a tool to express yourself? Um, It it felt really good and it felt really different. Um, I think that the, the, the feeling of it is is very personal because I, I say that about the record, but I actually just had a friend very recently sort of challenge me to say that he actually felt like I I was being very vulnerable and I was being very expressive in the vocals. It it felt good to, in my mind, express my 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 thoughts and my feelings through the guitar. But again, I've had people tell me like, eh, it just sounds like a regular Emily Jane Powers record. Like you're still singing plenty and like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're saying plenty. But um, the the lyrics I think on this record are kind of going back to the way I used to write lyrics and just it's a little bit more of a vague term. What inspired that obsession with the guitar? You know, it's an instrument that I never felt like I was good at. I was classically trained on the violin. You know, the the guitar was the instrument that I use as my main songwriting tool. I don't really know my way around it. And I wanted to really learn how to play it. So I started practicing the guitar, which sounds really basic, uh, like practicing your craft. But I made a deliberate effort to a month of almost every year where I was where I was playing and recording myself every day and like putting it on social media in a way that um, felt like I was sharing some progress, but I was also just mostly documenting kind of my own work. I just I just wanted to get good at it. And for me, being good at the guitar was being able to say like, I, I play the guitar. The, the guitar is my main instrument. I think I've gotten there. I was obsessed with it because it was a challenge, which is the shortest way to answer your question. <laughs>
And your career now has spanned almost 20 years. It's averaged a little over an album a year since you started self-recording. What do you think the biggest lesson you learned is over those last 20 years? I, I think I discovered it on this my, my last record, but uh, editing, the power of editing and really thinking about, is that the best way to do that thing that you're trying to do? And collaboration. I, I feel like I learned a lot about collaboration and letting other people in on my last record. You know, because I don't make music my, it's not like my money-making career. It's not like my livelihood to pay my bills. It's been able to be art that has been completely on my own terms. I can just do whatever I want. As a result, I've sometimes been really controlling about it and really scared to let other people be involved in it. And in the past four years, maybe five years, I feel like I'm better when I let other people in and they can, and that's, that's sort of the biggest thing. If I could tell my younger self something, it would be like, just, just, just chill out and like, (laughs) it's going to be okay. It doesn't, not everything has to be so precious. Maybe that's the bottom line. I mean, I take my art really seriously. I, yeah, I use the term precious a lot when it comes to editing, because I tend to be too precious about things. And I think there is a real beauty and a really efficient way to challenge yourself if you're able to burn it all down and start over. And and that letting go and that starting over is so hard. You know, I have years and years of recordings and albums that were just, it was just the first take that I did. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I was just like, and then I wouldn't, I wouldn't burn and I wouldn't try it again. It was just, I also was playing all the instruments, recording it, mixing it myself. You know, I didn't know what the word mastering meant. And I was like, oh, here's a CD burner. Like, I'll just like pop these out and share them with people. And that, and then it was like, well, could someone actually record this better than me? And the answer is, of course, yes. (laughs) Like, of course, someone can do that better than you. And like, maybe if you pass that off to someone you could actually maybe focus on the songwriting a bit more and like, oh, well, maybe. I'm, I'm just curious to hear a little bit more about like how that evolved and then how that changed. You know, it's lonely to sometimes do everything on your own, too. I, I can't I can't think of a solid reason for that exactly. But control has always been um, a, a problem that I've had with with the art. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And again, I think I'm way better than I than I used to be. But I think control comes from a, a place of just being scared. If there's no one to tell me that I could do a better take, you know, it's it's sometimes scary to have someone say you can do better than that. Some people don't want to hear that, and I don't think I wanted to hear it. If if I look at everything, you know, the music that I had written before 2014, this is a bit of an exaggeration, but it's like I'm writing the same five songs over and over and I'm trying to perfect those five songs. And then I think I did in 2009. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm done with this. I released an album to, in 2009 called Undertone. And I feel like that album is the, is the culmination of everything that I had been doing since I was a kid, what I was trying to do. And then I did it on that record. It was just like, just straight indie pop, recorded it at home. And I think I hit my max. And then I took some time to do some other things. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to try this, but I got to, I got to do this a little bit different. That's really interesting that that time period was like, okay, I achieved the thing. It felt too, it felt sad to try to go back to what I had been doing, feeling like I had already perfected it. And I didn't want to set myself up for, I I just didn't want to go back to that environment because I really did feel like that's as good as it's going to get. 
but I also felt like inside of me that I, that I, I just was ready to do something else. And that something else was, I've recorded my 2014 album, part of me with uh, my friend, Chris Smith, who plays drums with me. And we recorded it at his place. And, you know, it was only the second time I had ever really recorded with someone else. And I was like, wow, that, that wasn't scary. And I think it was mature enough to be able to get that feedback and hear that and be like, okay, this is, this feels good. And then on Restless, um, in 2018, I worked with Eric Hall and Eric and I had a great working relationship. I wanted to work with him again for isometry. So I, I feel like that was sort of the, the biggest lesson I feel like I've learned in the past 20 years was I, and again, I, I didn't even think about this until this conversation is that, yeah, I had, I had sort of maxed out in 2009 what I could do with this particular format. And the biggest lesson that I feel like I've learned in those 20 years is that you can just try something else. And for me, that was letting other people in. So you have a show coming up. Yeah. August 5th at Shuba's. Um, and it's a double release show. And since your album came out in mid-June, how does it feel to have a show post-pandemic and also have it be your album release show of the album you made basically during the pandemic? It, it feels good. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to approach it. It's just like, we're just going to play the greatest hits. Like it's, it's a greatest hit set. I'm not going to try to play this wildly ambitious record. Like I can't play Greenish live. You know what I mean? Like I can't. There's so much on this record that because it's pandemic reflective, which is studio work, right? Or just like me making weird sounds in my room. Um, I can't do that on stage. So I'm just playing the greatest hits. It's going to be awesome. I feel really good about it. I have one last question and it's kind of a random one. Um, what inspired the change to start going by Emily Jane Powers instead of Emily Powers, like the f- <laughs> first couple albums you had. Um, I mean, the first couple albums. I think I was fifteen, sixteen. I don't. Know. I I would say that I, <laughs> I think I changed it because of the time of the early two thousands. That like you 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 put your middle name in things. Like Emily Jane Powers <laughs> sounds like more like indie, cute, folksy than Emily Powers. I don't know. I thought it sounded cooler. That's that's that. I will admit that that was a move to sound cooler. Isn't that what we all do at the end of the day? Yeah, we all just want to be cool. That that was a really easy way to seem cooler when I was a kid. <laughs> well, I think you're cool. Well, wow, thank you. This is Jesse D with Chirp Radio. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you so much. has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.